Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. It's not my name. My name is Bob. It's not Bobby. It's Bob It's a nickname. It goes way back. I didn't even invent it. My name is a nickname. I don't need another nickname. Daniel. Daniel. About it all. Daniel Keith. It's fine. It's fine. Who gave you the nickname Booby? I don't know. It happened during baseball. It just became like Booby Baseball. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I have... All right. So my wife's out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, she works for NBC, and there is something called the Upfronts. Mm-hmm. Every year. In New York? Every year in New York. So she's over there. Do I trust her? Mm, big question. New York is a big city. A lot of guys in New York City. She used to live there. She used to live there. Probably some old school booty calls still hanging around, lurking around the streets of NYC. Should I send her a threatening voicemail? You might have to. Really bad language. Mm-hmm. Just abusive as hell. Really lay out that you don't trust her, that you think <laughs> she's a loose woman with no morals, and anything could happen, and you're not okay with that. Okay. Well, let me. I will hit that. But before that, I want to then say... That I have two young sons that I am watching. I'm fully responsible for them. Um, there's a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And right now I'm looking at a child monitor that is fixed on their crib. They, there's a crib and a bed right next to each other. They like to sleep side by side. They both appear to be sleeping. Okay. Now, we're in the garage. We are. They're in the house. Yep. Which is, you know, not... We're not attached. If somebody is trying to draw a picture, the garage right. and is not one of those garages a part of the house. So when we burn this thing down, the house will still be safe. Right. So what I guess the question I have, and be honest, Bob, is I have the camera on. Mm-hmm. I have the doors locked. I actually right. armed the um, ADT system as well. Whoa. Uh, but am I being negligent as a parent right now? Well, you're drinking straight vodka. <laughs> no, there's... there's- it's a cocktail, but um. yes, there is vodka and <laughs> so, quite a bit in there. Quite a bit. Uh, you're about 50 yards away from your sleeping kids. Not 50. I'm about 14 yards away. <laughs> 50. What do I live on? A, like Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch? I'm trying it's to like just, if you just go around the uh, merry-go-round want, and pass the I Ferris want, wheel. I want people to think you're doing well. <laughs> go, go down the steps, go underneath the roller coaster. Look, if there was an emergency, you'd run through your foyer, past all the, uh, the guards, and you'll help them, but it's fine. So no, be be honest. No, it's fine. It's They're fine. sleeping. They're sleeping kids. So much of our lives now is, is under house arrest because you have a kid that goes to bed at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. Right. And then you're just home. You need to be able to get away 14 yards to a garage to drink straight vodka and do a podcast. I do like the idea of this podcast goes up in a week or so. And then um, like two days after that, CPS shows up at the front door. <laughs> And I just wonder which one of you motherfuckers snitched on me oh, and no. how I'll get revenge. I like the idea of I call CPS immediately after you get the kids taken away. And then this podcast goes up after it's already national news that Dan. I'm like the new tan mom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. It's, it's good for the podcast if we do it that way. All right. Good. It's, um, all, it's all about the podcast. So this is the last show. So no, let's no, make it a good one. You're not. I mean, we'll do it from prison. 
Like you get one phone call. Yeah, but I'd probably hate you as a result of you. Don't be a dick. Well, you've done worse to me. I don't know. You, uh, you're you're going to put me in jail, Bob. <laughs> um, all right. Tom Petty night. And how exciting is that, Bob? Because uh, you and I love us some Tom Petty. It's mm-hmm. um, in terms of shared artists. It's right up there with Oasis and the Strokes. It's probably those three, right? If you had to put together a top three crossover Dan and Bob cr- crossover artists. If you're ranking them, th- those might be. The- I don't necessarily want to put them in order, but like who else is in the conversation? And if you wanted to do top three, top three. Yes. That's I mean, pretty it, tough. obviously we have a lot of other shared ones like Travis and right. uh, live and, and live and live and live. And- Maybe uh, live. Should we should we pivot into throwing copper right now? We leave the title up as Tom Petty <laughs> just to fuck with people. Um, but yeah, Tom Petty, and we love him. And and the and the last time we talked about Tom Petty on the show was over a year ago on the night that he died, which was uh, like brutally sad, very sad, punishingly sad, very surreal night. Uh, but also kind of cathartic to play some of our favorite songs uh, by one of our favorite artists. But um, we were both on the same page, and we talked about this many times, Bob, that we wanted to do another Petty podcast that was not, you know, a bummer. It wasn't about, oh, I can't believe this happened. Just the celebration of how amazing Tom Petty was as an artist, as a singer and a songwriter. And that is what tonight is about. Yeah, we're going to do a regular episode. We're going to listen to one of his albums and just fucking gush about how much we love that man. And stroke it. And stroke something. I'm going to stroke our man gashes. we got to put that baby monitor down if this is going to happen. I don't Ooh. want... <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, Well, it doesn't go both ways. But I have to say, like... You do. I thought about... <laughs> Nailed it. We, we made our top five um, vagina terms. <laughs> We did do that. Um, that was the thing that happened on the last episode. On our last episode, the countdown episode of uh, 1997. And I had to reach out to you, Bob, a couple of days ago because I thought of one that absolutely should have cracked the top five. I'm not saying it should have knocked off Beaver, but I'm saying that it, it needed to be discussed and we missed it. Mm-hmm. Coos. <laughs> but here's my problem with Best when used in this context. Well, you know, Barry... Like, he's a fun guy, but you go to a bar and that guy, he's just a coos hound. Yeah, I think coos hound, it needs to go, it needs to be a part of something else. It needs to be like, on its own, it doesn't really stand. No, the only other person <laughs> I've ever seen use coos without anything else, or really in general, was a fictional character, uh, Christopher Moltisante from The Sopranos. That makes sense. That's about it. Yeah. But I just thought it was important... Um, to revisit that and let you know that I wish it was part of the discussion. I'm not even saying it would have cracked the top five because mm. we had so many great contenders. I there. mean, I don't know if we ranked them. We just said five disgusting words and moved on. You're really overthinking this, I think. Um, and our female listeners, and there are millions. There are at least three million. At some point, uh, we will be using uh, penis terms as well. We'll do a penis power ranking uh, terms as well. Penis number one. I have a favorite. I don't know if it's... Are we just going to do it now? It feels like you want to do it now. No, I don't want to do it now, but I just want to say Schwantz will be uh, in the conversation. Yeah, Schwantz is number one if maybe tied with Stinger. I'm just saying. <laughs> Stinger? Those, Stinger. I never heard Stinger. Oh, Stinger's great. I do like it. <laughs> Those are um, all right, so we're doing Full Moon Fever, uh, Tom Petty's first solo album. I think it was. I think it was. 
uh, released in 1989. And uh, it's kind of part of, um, fuck it, the fabric of America. It is. Fuck you if you disagree. Fair enough. Anybody that doesn't, we talk about it all the time on my other successful podcast. I use it all the time. Do you want to, do you want to plug that podcast on this one? Don't need to. It's that popular. But the term La Raville Magnifico, mm. which originated uh, at our old house in Hollywood, El Contento Drive, um, 2270, if you want to go there. Yeah, just go. Gawk. Go. It's a great place. Um, that originated there. And if anybody says something derogatory about Tom Petty, well, oh. you could say, oh, he's a bad looking guy. Or you yeah. could joke around like, oh, yeah, she's not pretty. She looks like Tom Petty. All that stuff's fine. It's fine. But if you say like Tom Petty is not his music's not good or Tom Petty's overrated, mm. any of that shit, mm. I cannot be your friend. No. And I will always have that in the back of my mind in any conversation going further. No, there's no getting past that. That is the ultimate Lavraville Magnifico. Because and how could you not like like I mean, Tom Petty's it's, music? It's America. It's life. It's this human experience. It's Tom Petty. Come on. God damn it. Um, um, but that being said, Dan, I do respect that you're not plugging the, your other podcast on this one. Just like you don't plug this one on your other one. I think yeah. at least you're consistent. Equal opportunity. You're very consistent and not promoting yeah. things that you do. It's one of those things like if if the if the content is good enough. Mm. Bob, this is where I come from on this. Okay, let me hear it. If the content is good enough, people will find it. That's true. That's so not it, exactly how things work. It must right. succeed on its own merits. Right. What is advertising anyway? Why do people... Waste all this money telling people about things that they want them to do. Speaking of, you can Hang on, find let me give us. you. I'm going to do a plug right now. Listen to the Throwback Podcast. No, are we're on. No, because this is are the Throwback happy? Podcast. No, you're not getting the hang of this at all. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's hard. really rough. Yeah. Um, well, thank you to all of our uh, listeners, Dan. And this is how you. This is how you treat the listeners. Like you kind of thank them sometimes. Like thank you for listening. I and, do it all the time on the show. Oh, but if you're asking me then to go. I'm not asking you for anything. Listen, we've talked about this offline, but <laughs> I have a nice follower base on my Twitter handle at Dan Hansis. Check it out. Oh, um, that's either you're plugging yourself. <laughs> that is so unlikable. But I've, I've built that following on the back of the, the, the football fans. Yeah. And I don't want to, because listen, Bob, we love what we do on the show. It's a lot of fun. We talk about semi obscure music and mm-hmm. in, in especially in the year 2019, I don't want to like take a sledgehammer and bash over people's heads that just want to hear me talk about the Cowboys with, Hey, the new garbage podcast is up from the album from 22 years ago. So I like to, I pick my spots. I get it. And, and that, and that's why Bob, Look, and I apologize. I no, know you want me to promote. More. I don't, I don't, I want you to just do you, but I don't want to put out an ultimatum, but if you don't step it up, it's over. So, um, thank you to all the Patreonies. Who are uh, keeping this ship afloat? Can I can I thank one in particular? Please do. My old boss, the man. Speaking of the of the NFL, who hired me and is uh, responsible for me getting the job in California and and helping to keep it and gave me my first opportunity as a writer at NFL.com. Justin Hathaway, the Hurricane, we call him. He has been a loyal patroni. Uh, and I saw him a couple weeks ago, and we talked about this podcast, and he loved it. So shout out to Justin. And his wife, Pixie, and the whole family. Just think, if he didn't do that for you, this podcast wouldn't exist. So he is a hero to That's this true. podcast. That is actually true. Yeah. Justin is 
the genesis for a lot of things. And, you know, we have a lot of other uh, Patreonis putting in as little as $2 a month, as much as $80 a month. We have all these different tiers, including uh, one of these tiers right in the middle where we told people we would tell them to go fuck themselves. Mm. We haven't been doing that. Let's We've, get to that a little later. Bro. Okay. Okay. But let's stick a pin in that. Uh, but we do have to have a conversation there. We'll have that convo soon. We're, we're hitting on a lot of things. We really are. Vagina terms, you not promoting the show. What else is, what else is left before we can get in? Christopher Maltesante, he knew how to say coos. He's like, Tone's not thinking right these days. He all, all he's got is the coos on his mind. That's my Maltesante. That was a good impression. Thank it you. was pretty good. Don't put it in the stable, but it was good. <laughs> Let's do right. full moon favor. Where do you want to go? Let's go back to 1989. Do you oh, want to guess Bob, the month? We we're nine years old. I, There's I don't no know. way you can. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I, who cares? I'm not going to guess if I It doesn't no matter. Idea. It was yeah. April 24th, 1989. Oh, my God. I just turned nine years old. You just turned nine. It's the amazing. day before. Yep. Uh, you know what happened uh, the day after you turned nine? Massachusetts declared... Kurt Cobain killed himself. This day. <laughs> that would have been so sad. <laughs> declared this day, New Kids on the Block Day. All right. Well, oh, Massachusetts did. Yeah. Oh, because Donnie Wahlberg. Were they all from They were Boston? all from there, yeah. So is that like still... Does that hold on? Is April 24th still NKOTV Day? That's a, good, that's a good question. I'm very curious about that. Be, yeah, that is a great question. I'm going to assume not, but... I'm going to assume it is, it is and like kids get off from school. Yeah. Uh, also that day, an English scientist invented the World Wide Web. I thought it was Al Gore. Nope. And so what, what's world, Gore's take on the that? The World Wide Web was invented by this English scientist. I will give you a million dollars if you guess his name. Carl Weathers. You're correct. <laughs> no, a guy named Tim Berners-Lee did it. I feel like we should all know that and respect this man. Who knows that? Nobody knows Right. That. He should be like Abner Doubleday. Invented baseball. Exactly. Like, this guy invented the internet. Yeah. But, all right, but you... Invented the World Wide Web. What, uh, the right, web. What's the difference? The web. What is that? What's the difference? Let's not get into it. I actually went down a little wormhole to figure it out. <laughs> I don't want to try to repeat it all, <laughs> but there is a difference. But he invented the World Wide Web. So what's the Gore... Uh, give me a little cliff notes. What is Gore saying he invented? I think he said he invented... Well, he helped with the legislation that allowed the internet to kind of blossom. Oh, how boring is that? Well, it's Al Gore. Come on, Al. Right. But right, this guy invented the web. Movies that came out that month. But thank you to that, to uh, that guy, British man. Yes. Who you've already forgotten his name. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Albert. Sad. Nope. Something. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, movies came out that month, including Kickboxer. Is that Van Damme? Yep. Never saw it. Pet Sounds Cemetery. pretty awesome. Pet Cemetery. Canine. Another movie with dogs. Was that with uh, the Belushi? Yep. The non-dead Belushi? The, the still alive Belushi. Uh, the Dream Team. Great movie. Dream Team. Uh, who's in that? Michael Keaton. Christopher oh. Lloyd. Great great old movie. Man, 1989 was kind of a good ride. Say Anything. Major yep, League. Uh, Major League is one of my favorite movies. In fact, you remember our um, one of our classmates in high school, Colin? Mm -hmm. uh, we were very close friends in middle school, and we used to... Um, Every um, summer, I would go to for two or three years uh, to his uh, beach house, his family beach house on LBI. And he had two aunts that were both twins and they were both nuns. Oh, wow. And they were very nice. Both of them, very nice women. And he also had a grandfather. It probably actually must have been his great grandfather. He was a very old man. I mean, he 
as an 11 year old, he seemed like he was 300 years old. He was, was 54 years old. Was, yeah, no, but this guy was literally uh, probably close to 100, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so these were the people that we were with, and we were two 11 year olds and loved baseball. Major League was a movie that we had heard about, but of course you don't go no. see it in the theater. We rent it at the local video store at this beach house, and then we, <laughs> we sit down, put it in the VCR, and it's me, Colin. I think Grandpa went to bed at that point. But the two nuns. Like, like permanently? <laughs> the two twin nuns. And um, there is a just an absolute cornucopia of foul language in that movie. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and guys banging uh, other guys' wives. Mm-hmm. and Oh, and the, the board where every time they win a game. Strip off strip of part off of the clothing part of, the of the clothing. owner, the evil yeah. female owner. Um, it is a hard R. And one of the reasons I love Major League. Uh, and I remember the aunt, the nun ants being like, oh, oh, <laughs> nun ants. And but to their credit, we were able to watch the whole movie. And it's one of my favorite movies ever. To their credit, they were very negligent when it came to appropriate behavior for kids. Yeah. I mean, then when I think about it, I mean, it said rated R in the box. Yeah. No, they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They molested you in a way. In some ways. Are you doing that because nuns and the yes, Catholic thing? Yes, 100%. Okay. That was good, though. Also, you know what else came out that month? Speaking yeah. of molestation, She's Out of Control, starring Amy Dolans, which we've established on this podcast. Your awakening. My sexual awakening. Yes. Sweet Amy Dolans. We have to do a podcast that syncs up with Miracle Beach, the movie where we we really... Fell in love. Fell in love with her. With her and Dean Cameron. Wait, did you see that movie before Miracle Beach? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I was in early with Amy Dolan's. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. You were the only one. Uh, finally, uh, that month, uh, Aaliyah Shawkat from Arrested Development was born. Okay. And maybe. Maybe. And Lucille Ball died. I do remember that. That, that was, was a big, big deal. deal. Very big deal. My sister, a huge Lucy fan, so I remember that being a big deal. Yep. And that's it, Dan. That was the world we lived in when Full oh, Moon Fever turn. came out. And what was the number one song? when this monumental album debuted. Who knew? Now, you know, Bob, I love Madonna. You do love Madonna. I've, I was in on Madonna. Well, not from the beginning because her career kind of started when we were like two. Yeah. But I always You stuck Madonna. with her. You stuck with her. And my, my dad, Keith, is, you know, you know my dad. Masculine man. Yeah, man's man. I mean, my dad had Madonna at records, I think, because, you know. Your dad had the cardboard her. cutout for Major League of Madonna. <laughs> exactly. And every time a new single came on. Danny, we got we to gotta take out the bra today. <laughs> Uh, Two nuns looking on like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, my dad, who had very, um, you know, if you're, we've talked about this with our dads who are this, around the same age and where the, when they were born, like the idea of masculinity, what right. it meant to be a man 
it's different now uh, than it was then. Um, so my dad didn't have like a ton of female artists that he mm. would he would like pound the table for. Madonna though snuck through, and I thank him for that because that's how I kind of got into her. And I do I love me some Madonna. And this is to me the definitive Madonna song. That's a good that's a good question. Is this the definitive Madonna song? Like because it definitely it's up there. I don't know. Like I remember this being such a huge deal when it came out. Like the video got nonstop coverage because it was like controversial, which is what she did so well. But for me, Definitive Madonna is like 1986 Madonna, like Material Girl Madonna. Well, Material Girl is even before that. You're you're talking about like True Blue Madonna. When was Material Girl? Like 84? Material Girl is like 83, 84. Yeah. Yeah. That, Maybe that's I like a virgin. Th- I think that's the same album. Yeah. But I get that. That was like that was like the I early. I mean, she's had such a big career that right. you could pick di- different spots. But right, right. I, I feel like her apex in terms of um, creatively, because I think this is just a great song. I agree with that. I think this is like a great evolution from early Madonna. And I think it sounds great today. I don't. Even, I don't think it sounds dated. Let's listen a little bit more, actually. I just think it's it sounds so great. It kind of reminds me of because um, she was so famous already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it reminds me of when Kanye uh, put out um, my dark twisted fantasy that album, and then Runaway, which I thought was his best song ever, mm-hmm. was on that album. It was like, oh, this guy just actually went up a Kept level, going, and he yeah. was already a huge star. And then the video, which was super ballsy, because like. It features a black Jesus and she's making out with a black guy, which just that shit didn't happen No, on MTV. And she had just signed a huge deal with Pepsi and everybody was freaking out about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I remember Pepsi the Pepsi was freaking thing. Out Pepsi about freaked it. out about it. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of in retrospect, you could it's easy to have respect for her but that she was just kind of doing things by her rules and saying, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of it reminds me in a parallel with the NFL, how the players are getting more and more power to do what they want because they realize they're really what the, the buck stops with them. It's not the owners like Madonna. She was doing that thing with the music industry and yeah. entertainment. Great backdoor plug up for your other podcast. You're around the NFL podcast three yeah, times a, a week. That's, NFL. A, that's a front door plug now. Um, anyway. Yes. This is my favorite Madonna song. We should do Madonna. She popped up in one Patreon poll failed miserably, but you know what? What did we, which, which album was it? I can't remember. Cannot remember. Yeah, I yeah. do. Might have been this album. Right? I think it was. It was. It might have been. She went against Bruce and a couple others. Yeah. No, we set her up to fail, but we could do anything we want, Bob. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, we always forget that. You know, because Be- we're doing a garage and a podcast. A garage. Oh man, straight vodka. These kids are doomed. Doomed. Oh no. It's a podcast. Right. Yeah, you're right. It is. This is the first podcast of the night. Too. There will be two. I'm going to move to beer. <laughs> you know, the words get transposed. That's when you know you have to move yep. away from vodka. All yep. right. Here we go, Bob. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do Tom Petty the right way. Thomas Earl Petty. We will not talk about how he's dead on this podcast. No. We will talk about 
his life and his music. And it starts, Full Moon Fever starts. We just talked about maybe the definitive Madonna song. Mm -hmm. How about that? How about that? Is there a better one-two punch? Have we ever gone back-to-back better than that? I don't think so. All right, here we go. Full Moon Fever, Tom Petty. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl, is crazy about Elvis, loves horses and her boyfriend too. It's one of those songs that's so good that I, it feels disrespectful to lower it. At any, I don't know why. I would to, listen to the whole damn thing. <laughs> uh, but this is, of course, Free Fallen. I don't know. We might have played this in the sad podcast, but. Again, I don't know. I don't even remember what we did that night. That night was such a blur because it was so emotional. The third single, Bob, released on uh, October 27th, 1989, right around the time, Bob, about probably a week or week and a half after the San Francisco earthquake mm. that shut down Giants A's right. World Series. Um, it's funny that, and this is an album that had, and we're going to hear it, so many great singles mm-hmm. that I would feel like the record company... Uh, must have been just like a, an absolute extravagance. Just like the riches. Who? Do, what do we choose as the first single? The fact that Free Fallen was the third single. Well, that's the amazing thing about this song. Like one of my favorite things about Free Fallen is the fact that Tom Petty played this for the Heartbreakers. Like the story of this song, he played this for them and they said no. They were not interested in this song. As a Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker song, but he—they didn't and have that that juice though in that band. That no, sounds no, no, no. a little bit of that's like why a, this is on his solo album. They it, didn't like Freefall. They talk about this in one of the documentaries. They wow. did not think this was a great song, and they were like, "Nah." So Tom Petty went off, made it with Jeff Lynne, and it became probably his most recognizable song. Yeah, I think so. I think it certainly is. I mean, of a certain age, so if you're a little bit older, you might say "American Girl" right. or "Refugee," but I would think because it came at kind of like the right smack in the middle of his career, it's even people like us who were born, um, we were born in 1980, but even people late 70s, early 80s, uh, you remember when the song was big. So it's it's catching all these people that were Generation X uh, type people and older folk. I think this is his biggest song ever. But knowing that he like wrote this or he was, you know, fiddling around on this and they didn't think it worked. Right. And then the record label was like, yeah, it's a third single. Maybe it kind of makes sense, but it's so a part of our fabric. Now you can't imagine a world where this wasn't one of the biggest songs ever. I do love the, 
Los Angeles references that yep. definitely went over your head when you lived in New York, but then you come out here. It's a big like Valley song. Reseda, the 101, there's Mulholland. A high, there's a highway running through the yard. That's so Valley. Like when you're over there and you just see these houses and the 405 is right outside the window. You're like, that's what this is. Petty explained in an interview with Billboard magazine that he and Jeff Lynn, um, the other guy from Traveling Wilburys. Mm-hmm. The guy with the, the beard. Some people be like, oh, yeah, yeah great stuff. And ELO. And sure, ELO is fine. But he's most famous as the other guy. Yeah. In the it's Traveling Wilburys. Kind of like the Fozzie Bear of the Traveling Wilburys. Right. Like he couldn't even be the Ringo in the Traveling Wilburys. No, he just looks like a big, <laughs> fluffy animal. Um, of course, George Harrison. Thomas Earl Petty. Robert Zimmerman. Bob Dylan. And the late, well, a lot of them are late now. Yeah. Who's left? Dylan? Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. So mm-hmm. is Dylan the only one that's still alive? Oh, and Lynn. Dylan and Lynn. And Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn, who's the Ringo of this band. Anyway, so Petty explained in an interview with Billboard that he and Jeff Lynn were sitting around trying to come up with a song, and Lynn got him to say, Free Falling. The next day, they went and recorded the song. He didn't write about it, about any person, but instead what he saw on his frequent drives along Ventura Boulevard. And I know we said we were going to talk about his death, but one thing that got me was about a week after he died, there was a walk on Ventura Boulevard where Tom Petty fans would meet up at the, I think, Sherman Oaks Galleria and walk west on Ventura Boulevard Mm. in honor of Tom Petty. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked it. I also like that Jerry Maguire and shout out to Cameron Crow um, kind of gave the song a second life when uh, Cruz is after he gets fired. Yeah. Do you not remember this? I don't remember this part. Wow. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. After he gets canned by Jay Moore, of all people. <laughs> How about that? Somebody had to do it. <laughs> um, he's driving home and he's kind of in shock and and he turns up the music and he's screaming the song in the car by himself. Uh, Free Falling was his choice of music, which was a perfect choice for that particular moment in the movie. So they nailed it. Now, you you know what else who nailed it? Tom Petty. So he says, Free Falling, starting my album. And then track two, fuck everybody. I'm the king. I won't back down. This was, Bob, the first single from Full Moon Fever, which you can't, I don't know who came up with the decision. Maybe it was. um, It was me. 
Bob Castrone. Nine years old. Nine years old. A lot of power. (laughs) The label MCA, maybe it's Tom Petty. Uh, But yes, while while Free Fallen seems like a functionally perfect single and can't miss, well, so is I Won't Back Down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what? I mean, it is. I mean, it's in terms of a perfect like pop song. Like what? What else could you ask for? No, there's. I mean, I have nothing to say. And this whole thing is like. The thing that makes Petty different than anybody else is how effortless it is. Nothing seems, you know, it's not overly complicated. This is not a Radiohead album. Like, even the songs, it's, it's very simple. I won't back down. It's, there's nothing fancy about it. There, there's no pretension to it. It's just a, a simple, the lyrics are direct and, and easy to understand and absorb. And the melody is easy and perfect. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it's easy to do, but nobody else could do it like him. No. And I think that the one sort of critique that people have lobbed at Tom Petty over the years... And be careful. Be very careful. Tread fucking lightly. Is that he's a singles artist. Like, that's like the term you'll hear people say about Tom Petty. Uh, Which is so stupid. So stupid. But I have heard that too. Because you know what? Sorry, the guy made fucking perfect singles. Like the fact that his singles were so big, I think was almost viewed as a detriment because like to the albums themselves, because the singles eclipsed the albums and starting off this album with those two songs, which went on to become huge singles. How could anything live up to that when you're sort of setting the bar that high? True. Um, And moving forward, this album came out in 89 there was a big hit, Bob, 16 years later that was similar enough that Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne, the other guy, ended up getting a cut of the song uh, royalties. Do you remember that? I do. It was, story? it was Sam Smith, right? Right. Let's, this... just, let's listen to a little bit of that. Because you know what's funny? Before, this was a big hit, mm-hmm. and then that lawsuit. Was it a lawsuit? It was a lawsuit, yeah. Um, it didn't. When I heard the song, it didn't connect with me. But then once you know it, you can't unhear it. All right, let's listen. But I still need love because I'm just a man. These nights never seem to go to plan. I don't want you to leave. Will you hold my hand? Oh, won't you stay with me? Because you're... I could hear it for sure. Yeah, once you hear it, it's there. And Petty pulled off something that's not easy to do. Not only did his record company win essentially this legal situation, which meant 12.5% of all royalties of this huge hit went to Petty and Lynn. Petty went out of his way to say that he wasn't pissed about it. All my years of songwriting have shown me these things can happen. Most times you catch it before it gets out the studio door. But in this case, it got by. Sam's people were very understanding of our predicament. And we easily came to an agreement. What a great Tom Petty way to deal with it. I know, which is and when you le- when you read it and you read a little closely, it's like Petty was 
Oh no, a he was bulldog still, behind the scenes. He was still on pissed it. about it. He was still right. like, somebody should have stopped this before it became a fucking huge hit. And it's interesting. Speaking of traveling Wilburys, George Harrison lost a very famous lawsuit that set a precedent uh, for "My Sweet Lord," his biggest solo hit after leaving the Beatles. That was the same situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way Petty's putting it in that in that statement, which was, he yes, I did copy that melody but i didn't do it on purpose mm. but you get paid either way the old, if you're the I didn't original know artist. i was doing something illegal right i thought you were going to talk about the strokes how they've admitted to stealing a tom petty baseline and tom petty american was like, girl right yeah and tom petty was like that's cool like he never sued the strokes was it for last night it was for last night right they've said yeah we basically used tom petty's baseline from american girl for last night and tom petty's never didn't give a shit yeah, and Petty, yeah, Petty was cool about it. I read something where he was basically like... It happens. They pointed it out. They yeah. were cool about it. And it, obviously, the song itself is a lot different. Um, all right, so there you go. So we're off to a, a, a flying start, Bob. Let's go to track three. Love is a long road. I'm going to move to beer now, Bob. Oh, get me one too, please. Okay, what would you like? Uh, I am drinking... This Mind Haze IPA by Firestone Walker. I'll have another one of these. My, what is the uh, Look at this. alcohol content on that, by the way? Oh, there's a lot. Mind Haze. It's great. <laughs> I might be sleeping here. It's just like an acid, there's an acid tab dropped into the can. <laughs> that's only 6.2. That's, that's significant. But that is significant. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Love is a long road, and I'm going to get some beers. I should say, by the way, Bob, that um, I Won't Back Down was successful as a lead single off the album. Uh, a huge radio hit that peaked at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 and topped the album Rock Tracks chart for five weeks. What and, else could you ask for? And I should say, as a New York Giants fan, that is the definitive song of the Super Bowl win over the Patriots when Tom Petty played the halftime show. That's right. Won't back down as a Giant fan that will forever be linked to the New York Giants not backing down and winning the Super Bowl. They did not back down, Bob. Yep. You're right. All right. So uh, this is a album cut. was not released as a single. Um, and maybe only Petty fans know it, but I really like Love is a Long Road. Mm-hmm. And it show, on this album after <clears throat> as great as Free Fallen and I Won't Back Down are, you know, they're kind of mid-tempo ballads. You know, it's time to mix it up a little bit. And I believe from an album standpoint, and, you know, Petty's way into side one and side two, man, yeah. um, that this is a different sound and a good sound. Yeah, the Heartbreak, I mean, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers together and individually did this so well like they were able to mix up their sound and have those ballads have you know the southern accents kind of songs the really slow songs and songs like this 
and songs that were even faster and harder than this. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a weird. There's a weird thing with. Um, I'm trying to remember with how the release of this that they basically recorded this entire album. Lynn and Petty, Mike Campbell, the guitarist, helped out. Um, but it was actually recorded in full and then kind of shelved. I'm trying to think of this. So this came out in 89, right? That is correct. Something else, because I read a, a Petty biography that it was kind of held and another album came out. Maybe it was the second Traveling Wilburys album. I can't remember. I should have done some research on that. Don't worry about anything I just No, said. that was all useless. <laughs> totally useless. <laughs> uh, but um, what does stand is that this album came together very quickly mm. and was just kind of put together and s- kind of like set to the side. Right. Which is Well, you hear that with, like, with solo albums yeah. and stuff, like when you're kind of balancing the band and the solo stuff and then the side project. Like, how do you do that? I don't know. It's a juggle. Um. Anyway, that's I like that. It's an album cut. It um, may not be with Petty, and you're right. He kind of gets dinged a little bit um, as a singles artist. And I'll even say my introduction to Petty uh, was his greatest hits. Oh, album. same. I had his. I mean, he was always around, and like my dad had Tom Petty cassettes. Right. But my first one of my first CDs was Tom Petty's Greatest Hits. Right. Which. I believe has sold over 10 million copies. And I would say it then, I'll say it again now. The only album that you could put on anywhere and nobody will complain. If you put on Tom Petty's Greatest Hits, it will work in any scenario. No matter what kind of music people listen to, they'll be fine with it. And if people do complain... Oh, fuck those people. Well, you're, at the, you're at the wrong party. Yeah, leave. Um, and I think there, there are some other... There are several bands and albums where this you could make a case for. But I would say Tom Petty's Greatest Hits, 1993, MCA Records. In addition to being the greatest, greatest hits album, just because pound for pound, there's just there's just no flab to it's like it. like 17 tracks that you <laughs> yeah. know all of them because they were huge hits. I think that's what kind of in some ways led to him getting the stigma of being more of a, a individual singles artist is because mm-hmm. that was just so good and everyone had that album. Right. Uh, but I was gonna say the what was the uh, what was the service where you could get the like BMG Columbia House the Columbia House yeah, yeah. I I would bet and there must be some data somewhere that this was the out al- that album the greatest <laughs> hits album was the number one album on Columbia House when ever. you would when you would flip through TV Guide and you would get to that Columbia House ad and you would look at all the little album covers that you would look at and you he would was like, always there he was always there. It was the band and the and the uh, bassist. I think it was Howie Epstein, like smoking the cigarette in the front. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a a bit of a weird kind of acid '70s vibe to the cover, mm-hmm. which they changed. They did, which mm-hmm. is weird. Like it sold 10 million copies, and then when they at some point, I want to say in the last like 10, 15 years, they changed the cover art. Hmm, that's interesting. It's very strange. The other two I always remember in that ad are. Uh, Never mind. You would have yes, seen that little naked baby. The little naked and baby. rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Yes. <laughs> Those were the ones that were every time. It like checked every box. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, here we go. This is um, a face in the crowd track one. The face in the crowd. 
out in the street Walking around Facing the crowd All right, I just want to clear something up because there's a great petty biography. You know I love talking about books here, Bob. Sitting in my book bookcase, and now I have the information. Full Moon Fever was essentially recorded before the first Wilburys album came out. Okay. So they were recording it... Um, they it was imagine imagine being one of these dudes. Anybody in the Wilburys, it was like Petty at this time of his life was like they would go I'm remembering the book as we're talking about it. George Harrison lived at the top of a hill somewhere in Hollywood. Okay. And they would go to the house there and they would just fuck around and they would play music and they would go into the studio that was on the estate and lay down tracks. And then Petty also, because he was in such a it was such a rich time for him. He had all this other shit that he was doing, and Jeff Lynn, who was also in the Wilburys, would be at Petty's house, and they just now the, knock this shit out in his garage. So he knocked out most of Full Moon Fever during the recording of the first Wilburys album, and they said they they basically hit time out on it, even though they had all this stuff in the tank, and then finished the Wilburys album. That becomes a huge hit, mm -hmm. and then they already had Full Moon Fever basically locked and loaded, and that's why it comes out about a year or later or whatever. Right. And at that point, Petty was never bigger as a commercial artist. I mean, to go from Wilburys, which was a massive hit, to then this huge album, Full Moon Fever. What a rich time, like, creatively for a guy. He was kind of like, you're kind of like the Petty of podcasts, as far as being able to balance <laughs> this and the other one. Or Only if like Petty did not like ever do any promotional work for exactly. Traveling Wilburys. That's what I was going to get to about how <laughs> none of it would have ever gotten out to the public. It's like, hey, um, uh, Johnny wants you, wants you to come on the show and uh, and do uh, end of the line and then sit down on the couch. No, 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 no. not interested. No, no, I don't do those. Sounds things. boring. Yeah, we should give this song some love though because it's. I was going to say this yeah. is probably one of my favorite. I assume this wasn't a single. I've. Don't think I've ever heard this on the radio. It was actually. It was the Whoa, fourth single. It okay. was the single after Free Fallen, wow. which actually makes sense. Because, it does. Yeah. yeah. Here's kind of like the more of the ballad. Let's see how it Well, did. I was going to say it was one of my favorite non-singles on the album, but fuck that. It's just one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, it peaked at 46. Okay. So it had... Um, right. It didn't really... It wasn't take. a hit, but it actually... It, it was getting played. But I think when you drop oh. I Won't Back Down into Free Fallen, right. it's kind of like when we were talking about Santana could have shit in a box and yep. it would have been a, a radio hit. They'd find a way to format the, the, the human they'll, shit. They'll make it work. I, I think it could have been anything, but are in you this calling, case, wait, are you calling Rob Thomas a human shit? Um, did you? It's fine. You can move on. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yes. No, Rob no don't do that. Fine. No, he seems fine. Rob Thomas seems, seems like a good guy. He might be a listener to the show. Love Rob Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, facing the crowd certainly was not a piece of shit in a box, uh, but it wasn't necessarily a, you know, a radio friendly hit at right. the level of, those first two singles. Well, regardless, it's a great song. It is. But then, Bob, in the track listing of, again, let's go through it. Full Moon Fever kicks off with Free Fallen. I Won't Back Down. Love is a Long Road. 
face in the crowd. And you know what Petty said? What did he say? I'm not done, bitch. He actually said that. Really? That doesn't yeah. sound like Tom it Petty. It doesn't? He's like, I'm not done, bitch. Still better, but no. All right, here's the second single, Bob, from Full Moon Fever, released July 1989, uh, reached number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. So not a massive hit, but again, clearly a radio hit. Um, And even if though it wasn't a massive hit then, now I think it's one of his most recognizable songs. Absolutely. Fuck you. Who? Everybody. Fuck you. This is the same album. It's also the name of uh, his 2007 documentary. Yes. Which, which I know incredible. all adored. Yes. By all, I mean in our old house at 2270 El Contento Drive. Uh, remember when that came out, we all were transfixed by it. It was like four hours of yeah. everything you'd ever need to know about Tom Petty. Yeah. And our Check Tom- it out. If you, it's on Netflix, I believe. Actually. Is it really? Yeah, I think it is. Our Tom Petty love. I think we always had it. It was always a part of us. Like you said, we both had the Greatest Hits album. He was just a part of our lives from the beginning. But I think it really went to the next level when we moved to L.A. Because Tom Petty just sounds better in California. Yes. we talk, I think we talked about it on the I Springsteen pod that Springsteen sounds better mm-hmm. if you're on the Jersey Shore or in your New York listening to him. And then he does listening to him out here. And Petty is the same thing. He's just, even though he's from Florida, of course, he moved here and he's like a quintessential California he, Yeah, I think he, he identified as a Californian yeah. when he came here. And um, just like every time you drive by the Capitol Records building, you would just, like, I think of Tom Petty. Yeah. What, well, actually, when I, I have to pick up my kids at daycare uh, over there. and How are they doing, by the way? Oh, the kids? That's a good question. He has not looked. Oh, he turned it off. Oh, I just want to make sure we don't have a Lindbergh baby situation. Here. <laughs> Hang on. Topical. Oh, well, not really. But uh, they seem okay. Yeah, they're still there. Yes. All right. So every they're time not you crying, it's, the, it's not it's not doing a thing where it's right. The red light turning. No, to the you're green safe. Light. We're safe. It seems to be okay. Uh, but I, I picked them up. Um, their daycare is in Universal um, City, which is right there by the Valley. And then we drive through Hollywood to get back to the West Side, and we literally drive past on Vine, Hollywood Records. And I say, that's Tom Petty's house to the kids. Mm-hmm. And now they say hi to Tom Petty when oh, we drive I by. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then, and then when, uh, Christmas, Hollywood Records, uh, Capital or Capitol Records. Records, they put up a Christmas tree on top. Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, Tom Petty goes up on the top of the building. <laughs> uh, one day they heard that Tom Petty was dead on the radio, by the way. Oh. And I had to talk my way around that. <laughs> this, you're really digging yourself into a weird <laughs> hole right now as a dad. I don't know, I don't know what the end game is here. 
What do you mean? I, I it just happened to be like it was on Sirius and maybe I mean it's already worried. a lot of work to juggle Santa Claus and all the other shit you have to do. Now you have to keep Tom Petty alive forever. Yeah, man. You know, part of being a that's parent not gonna is be easy. like juggling that mortality bullshit. Well, and like the fairy tales. Because <laughs> so. they like my 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 oldest son and Jack asked me a couple weeks ago. I was like, "Daddy, are you gonna die?" Oh wow! So what do you say there? And then he stabbed you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he had stabbed me six times oh, already in the stomach. He's like, Daddy, are you going to die? Die, Daddy, die. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, once they hit a certain age, they start to just be somewhat aware that that's oh, totally, a thing. Oh, totally, yeah. So when some piece of shit DJ mentions... Yes, <laughs> mentions the fact that Tom Petty is dead. And he didn't even like, he could have, the DJ could have been like, yes, it's already been eight months since Tom Petty left us. No, it was like... It's been eight months since Tom Petty became Wormfeed. He's dead Oh, my God. Now. What fucking like, radio station are you listening to? That sounds awful. It's serious. Yeah. That's you would think weird. It, no. You know, but the guy was a little on the nose. I think he said died. You're right. And, now, and I'm left picking up the pieces. You're making life way too hard for yourself. Just let Tom Petty die. <laughs> let him die because, look, like Dean, my, my seven-year-old has lost a couple of teeth now. And now we have to deal with the tooth fairy bullshit. Like... You already have Santa and the Easter Bunny and now the Tooth Fairy. There's all this shit you have to juggle. Right. Don't keep Tom Petty alive, too. That's way too much work. I feel like keeping Petty alive is way more important than the um, Tooth Fairy, for instance. So Easter Bunny, fine. Maybe. To me, they're like of the same level. All right. Maybe combine it. Have Tom Petty put money underneath the pillow. Bob, I'm not going to tell my fucking four-year-old that Tom Petty's dead. Why are you trying to make me do this? Tell your four-year-old Tom Petty comes into your room at night while you're sleeping and gives you money after you lose a tooth. <laughs> just make life... A, I just want your life... have him replace the tooth I want fairy. your life to be a little bit easier because you're just asking a lot of yourself right now. All right. I'm looking out for you. All right. Here we go. Uh, next track. Feel a whole lot better. Is this a Yardbird song? Is this a cover? Is it? I'll find out. Find Here out. Here we go. Yeah. Feel a whole lot better is a song by the LA folk rock band The Birds, first Birds. released in June 1965. And Petty covered it and liked it enough that he said, or MCA, mm-hmm. the, the record company, whoever it is, Bob. But I feel like Tom had a lot of sway at this point in his career. You would think. Uh, released as the single, um, the fourth single on the album, and it. Charted. Wait, I thought you said the other one was the fourth single. All right, this is the fifth single. Now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> I, I, I look at you like you're looking. I've been at, lying the whole time. You're looking at your computer, so I assume you know what you're talking about, but it could yes. be all fake. It's actually black. The <laughs> computer, the battery died about an hour ago. Um, it was uh, the fourth single from the album, peaked at number 18 on the U.S. rock chart. Okay. Let me let me clear that up for you now, Bob. Well, and you mentioned Sirius a little earlier. 
if you're a serious subscriber and you don't have the Tom Petty radio preset saved on your uh, device, go fuck yourself. I mean, come on. It should be in the mix somewhere. It should be in the mix somewhere. Um, you know, we use Wikipedia, Bob, as a um, reference on this pod. The only reference. <laughs> yes. I feel like you're web- I feel like that you're like a grandma with a computer where you just have like you open it up and it's just Wikipedia. Um, but and usually they do not steer us wrong. But in this case, they did, because if you uh, click on the full moon fever entry facing the crowd is the fourth single. If you click on the entry for uh, the song that we just listened to feel a whole lot better. The single entry says that it's the fourth single. So, so we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, but, but it was a good run. But I was going to say that the Tom Petty radio, whenever they play uh, the, the old episodes where he was hosting the radio show, mm-hmm. you get such a sense of who he was as a music fan. He's just like an old hippie. He loves old hippie, yeah, like he the just birds loved, uh, and stuff like that. So it makes complete sense. Yeah. Feeling like kind of knowing him through that, that he would want to cover a bird song. For sure. Um, all right. And now, okay, so there's a little, it's hard to say, really, Bob, what was this, the fourth single off Full Moon Fever? We'll never know. It's been lost to the sands of time. But the fifth single, the fifth and final single, um, I don't think is up for debate because it's a very well-known song. Maybe not like one well, of no, his biggest is, hits. It but. is up for debate because if one of those wasn't the fourth single, it was the fifth single. And this one could have been the sixth single. That's one way to look at it. That's how I'm looking at it. The other way to look at it is that one of those songs was not a single at all. That's your perspective, man. Or one was a, let's say, released in Australia. We've been doing this long enough, Bob, where we we know that singles don't always get released in all territories. That is true. We're really good at this now. Anyway, this was the fifth single from Full Moon Fever. Potentially. My sister got lucky, married a yuppie, took him for all he was worth. Now she's a swinger, dating a singer, I can't decide which is worse, but not me. thing I ever had In a world gone mad You're so bad You're so bad um, Great song and also like If you want to throw a petty song On whether it's a mix Or like a party playlist That's a little bit off the beaten track But also people will be like Oh shit I know that song mm-hmm. You're so bad might be the choice. I think that's a hundred percent on point. Yeah, because single or not, it wasn't a big hit. It's something that kind of it wasn't on his greatest hits. So no, that right there did not make the cut. And again, going back to Wikipedia, a very quasi unprofessional entry for "You're So Bad." <laughs> it's it's just said simply that it was released in 1990 as the fifth single. There's no specifics when in 1990. Man. And then later, under who's, the, who's letting us down on Wikipedia? Come on, guys. Some dude it's in Tom a basement. Tom fucking Petty. Do better. And then under music video, um, it tells the plot of the video and then blah, blah, blah. Then dissolves to two Los Angeles County Sheriff deputies. And then in parentheticals, Bob, 
A question mark. What? Hey, Wikipedia, where were the editors? We Clean up you. the You're So we Bad entry. You. Do you remember? Uh, all right, I have two thoughts. One is about Wikipedia. One is about the song. So I'll start with the Wikipedia thought. Um, in the early Wikipedia days, when I was working at MTV and you were working at in Rockland. Yes. And we would just have fun making Wikipedia pages for <laughs> dumb things that we would do. And they would stay up there for months. Right. Because there was no like real monitoring at the time. So I know like we made our own Wikipedia pages at the time. Yes. We made one for every year we would do a pub crawl. We had a full Wikipedia page about the pub crawl we used to do. It was kind of a, um, yeah, it was a bit risky because some stayed up in perpetuity. Yep. Some were immediately red flagged and, yes. and shut down. Yes. We would put ourselves on our like, at the time, college, like famous alumni pages. And again, like schools like Towson and Northeastern, there wasn't a lot of uh, monitoring going yeah. on. No, there wasn't. It was good times. But the, what I should have talked about during that song, because I love that song, is I have a very, that song takes me back to a very specific time and place, not 1989, but the weekend that we went away to Vermont with mm. your cousin Big Al and a bunch of friends. Yes. And just had one of like the most memorable, drunk, fun weekends in like a ski lodge in Vermont for no reason. Uh, yeah, there was no specific reason. It was it was a Super Bowl weekend. Yep. Uh, Steelers was, won the Super Bowl. Steelers beat the Seahawks. Uh, so it was the 2005. So it was January or early February of 06. Yep. And uh, yeah, my cousin, uh, uh, Big Al, uh, Mike, is the biggest Petty fan I know. He might be the biggest Petty fan, period. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that he knows the entire back catalog. He knows all the singles. Uh, Petty, up, updates the Wikipedia page. Updates the Wikipedia Not page. Well. Right. Petty just like sent out, a, uh, or Petty's estate just uh, released a massive one of those retrospectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Al's one of those guys that knows all the songs on it. Right. Which is impressive for an artist like that. But yeah, I remember um, it's funny you bring that up because You're So Bad is... Kind of like the definitive, like when I think back to that era, the mid aughts, whether we were at the Jersey Shore or we were at Vermont, whenever we were, you know, drinking and people were smoking weed and just having a good time or mm-hmm. playing flip club or, you know, um, beer pong, whatever it was. You're so bad in the back. Yeah. That that song. Good times. Tom Petty did it. Petty did it. See, that's the thing. I was thinking about that earlier today in the car. Um, these artists that you know you never meet, they never know you, but when you when they're such a big part of your life, like yeah. th- that's it's to be a musician is so different than any other genre mm-hmm. because Petty is such a big part of my life and your life and Big Al's life, and we'll never meet him and he never met us. Here we go. Depending on you. Now, 
album track, depending on you, I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. It kind of suffers because there's so much great material in the front half of this album. And Petty loaded it up. The um, All the singles. And again, it looks like Bob on Closer Inspection, Facing the Crowd is definitely the fourth single. Maybe, yeah. So I, You know what? doesn't matter. But track one, matter. track two, right. track four, and track five, and then track seven that's those are all the singles on the album and there's not a it's not a fat album i think there's only a couple songs left right Right. so uh yeah we got four songs after this so there's uh but he did front load the album for sure he can do whatever the fuck he wants front load it back load it mid load it now that i think about it there is a a funny because petty is such an old man uh even when before he got old he was an old man Mm -hmm. like he was one of those guys that Things were better back in the day. One of his lesser albums, Last DJ, Last DJ, yeah. was all about how like he was opining for radio when everybody was ready to move on from <laughs> radio. Like, Everything sucks. Yeah, <laughs> he was like doing that thing. <laughs> but uh, I want to play um, something real quick. I need to make a adjustment in the crossfade of my iTunes to make sure it doesn't yeah. cut it off. Bob, walk us through this. All yeah. right, here we go. At the because uh, feel a whole lot better after between running down a dream and feel a whole lot better. Listen, times are changing. It went when Petty came out and the Heartbreakers in the seventies. It was all about LPs and the records, right? And then tapes, um, mm-hmm. and there were still two sides, yep. even a tape, a side, and B side. A, I mean, uh, eight tracks are in there somewhere, but tapes as shitty as they were, you still had side A and side B. Petty didn't want to let go, so let's listen to. Um, the end of Running Down a Dream. I think this is going to work, Bob. I haven't heard this in a long time. All right. Hello, CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two. (laughs) <laughs> so much respect <laughs> for the institution. Oh, love that. The institution of the album. Yeah, it was an experience. The record. Like Tom Petty. You spend your whole life listening yeah. to music in one way, and now it's like, guess what, old man? That's not what's happening anymore. You're just like, fuck you. I'm doing it my way. The world was changing, and and Tom was like, I'm, I will move forward with the world because I would like to make a trillion dollars on this album. Yes. So I want it re- released in all formats, especially CD. Right. But I want to let people know... That I'm not okay with this. That I'm, yeah, only marginally okay with it. Only as a businessman am I okay with yes, this. Yes, exactly. All right, here's the apartment song. a hot take on the apartment song mf and no got a hot take what is it this song would be more respected if it had a better title 
We just, on a recent show, we just had, lean out to this old apartment. This is where we used to have. Okay, bad impression, but keep going. But we were fine with that title. What's wrong with this? This is called... The Apartment Song. The Apartment Song. Yeah, he's calling that, it... A, the the Bare Naked Latest Song. Was this old, this apartment. old Apartment. A thousand times better title. He's calling the song a song. That's like being like, epic movie. Like, he's pointing... Which is a great movie. But I know you're a big fan. But he's uh, he's pointing to the song and being like, this is the Apartment Song. He's not taking it seriously. So why why would you take it seriously? If this song had a title, like, most of the time... We would pay way more attention to it as a good song. Uh, okay. I think it's not a great song. It's not, I, it's not the best song, but I'm saying it would be closer to that sort of uh, face in the crowd level of like, oh, that's a good okay. Tom Petty song, as opposed to a song we kind of throw away because of the title. That's my theory. I also think, I see what you're saying, but I think because Petty is smarter than us, there's a lot of things better than us, that... That was kind of a tossed off fun song. And the title is a little wink, like, don't take this one too seriously. Probably, because you're right. He's smarter than us. He's. Uh, I was going to say he's better looking than us. He's not. No, Actually, we're was, both better I was going to say the same thing, and I realized that. <laughs> it's usually that thing. You it's like what? when you really want to hammer a point about somebody, he's smarter, smarter than, than us. He's, he's better, better looking than, than us. It's like Actually, more successful. He's more successful. Yeah. No, but we, we, we got him in one of those categories. We got him. We are hotter <laughs> than Tom Petty, which, by the way, is not us. Yeah, and Google search us. It's not. It, we're not saying we're just that saying we're hot. We're saying there was a low bar. <laughs> there was a low bar to scale, and we did it. Like, Tom was like a four, okay? Yeah. Let's be honest. Tom was bad. <laughs> but you know what? Tom did okay. All right, here we go. All right for now. Although, when he had the beard, mm-hmm. better. Beard helped a lot. I wish I could grow a beard. You have a beard right now. I do have a beard. Yeah, this just happened. I feel like you always have a beard now. No, You're more beard than not beard. Really? They come and go. It, it goes every so often. This is kind of a pretty song. We missed it. So. And no, I love you. We're all right for now. We're all right for now. He does it, you, uh, again, because a lot of people just focus on the singles, and he had so many great singles, and they've dominated uh, modern rock radio when they came out, and now classic rock radio. But he's so great at the... And we hit it pretty hard in uh, the Tom Petty Died podcast. Um, a lot of his slower, that more was introspective songs. Almost as bad of a title as the apartment song, the Tom <laughs> Petty Died podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm just uh, brass tacks, bro. Um, uh, but he's so good at the kind of tender ballad. Yes. Acoustic yeah. ballad. Mm-hmm. So good at it. And All Right For Now is one of those songs. All right. We come to the penultimate track, Bob. Um, a Mind... With a heart of its own. Now, there's a title. I mean, you want to talk about a good title. That's a good title. That's a good title. And right away, it reminds me, this is kind of like a bad Traveling Wilbury song. Totally a Traveling yeah, Wilbury song. Listen. I remember her standing in the tall grass and cattails Away from the windows at the end of the day Watch the man from the landing with his hall hats and coattails She'd never look different But something would change A mind With a heart of its own A mind With a heart of its own 
Definitely, definitely my least favorite song on the album. It's just one of those songs where I'll skip it whenever it comes on a mix. If I'm shuffling, mm-hmm. shuffling through his catalog, doesn't do it. Doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah, I'm with you. He has a lot of songs um, that even if they aren't popular or like, oh, it's a good song, you'll leave it on. Right. Because he just he just had such a gift of writing a great melody and and he's just such a, a incredible songwriter. But they can't, you can't bat a thousand. No. Nobody does. Not when you're putting out three albums at the same time with a side project, a solo album, right? album with your band. Probably the guys from Mud Honey are like, hey, let's do something else. Like you're, you're dealing with a lot of shit. Did you say Mud Honey? Mud Honey? Or- Sorry, not Mud Honey. Uh, <laughs> what was this Mud album? <laughs> Imagine he was in Mud Honey, though. That'd be cool. You, did you get into my Tito's, Bob? <laughs> what, wait, what Mud album? Oh, Mud Crutch. Mud Crutch is what I Mud meant to say. Crutch. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Mud Crutch was a... All right, so Mud Crutch yes. was the band before Petty formed the Heartbreakers. Yes. Uh, and there's... If you're a, a real Petty fan, you love Mud Crutch, and you're like, oh, when's Mud Crutch going to get back together? And then they did, uh-huh. and they put out an album put about out two 10 albums. years ago. Yeah, they put out another... I wasn't really into it. Um there, there are some good ones in there, if you dig in. Our buddy Brian loved yeah. it, I remember. Um, uh, what... But what don't if I come easy? There was a yeah. there was a single that. What if I was one of those guys though that couldn't admit he was wrong? And I was like, no, he was in Mud Honey. Look it up. No, he was. It's not. Just look at your computer. It doesn't matter if it's not on there. He was. I would burn down the garage. <laughs> wow, that's a overreaction. All right, there are people. I will say this, Bob. Um, Full Moon Fever, despite being um, a beloved album that sold tens of like probably ten million copies. I don't. I would care assume. To look it up right now, but probably between three and ten million copies. Uh, some people say the only problem with Full Moon Fever is the last song on the album. And we'll dig into it a little bit uh, in a moment. But first, let's listen to a little bit of Zombie Zoo. All down the street, standing in line with white lipstick and one thing on their mind. Sorry you lost a tooth. Here's a dollar. Just think about it. Dude, I am totally on board with Tom Petty replacing the Tooth Fairy, which, I mean, can we calm down with the Tooth Fairy in general? Like, what, what, like, what is the Tooth Fairy? Like, what, is it a man? Is it a woman? It's like, got to be a woman. What's the whole thing? Like, what, what is she doing with the tooth? Uh, she's taking the tooth. She's Don't, giving the money. Giving money, which, by the way, it's gone Where's up. her, where's does the money come from? There's some asshole... At my son's school, who's like getting twenty bucks every time he loses a tooth. Oh, fuck! So man. every time Dean gets three, which by the way I think I got like a dollar. So we're just like inflation, giving him three dollars a tooth. Uh, he's like disappointed in the morning. He's like, it's only three dollars, and I was like, that's a lot of money for a tooth fairy. <laughs> I, I, there's somebody getting twenty dollars a tooth now. That's what, at least that's what this kid says. I just want to say, follow the money with the tooth fairy. Like, where'd it go yeah where's, where's it coming it? from 
Um, anyway, so it's a bit of a weird song. It's definitely dated. It, it's very of its time. It's corny. It's yeah. It's corny. Um, but again, my my cousin Big Al. Another. This was a very popular song at a lot of family gatherings. You know, whether cornhole was being thrown or right. just hanging out on the porch. Um, but I also understand why people would say, "Why is this on this other way, otherwise great album?" Because it's very strange. Yeah, it doesn't fit. It's like a kid <laughs> no. song. I don't know how it got on the album, but again, Petty smoked a lot of weed. Exactly. I think you got to factor yeah, I bet, that in. I bet there's some fucking symbolism here that we're all missing because we're just hearing Zombie Zoo and it sounds stupid. <laughs> but I bet he's making a really, really great point about like, you know, concert culture or something. 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 Who knows? And I and I again and we did it's talk a mess. about this on um, not the Tom Petty dies podcast, Bob. Bad title. Uh, Tom Petty will live forever podcast. Okay. That one. Um, it, I do think about it every once in a while or when somebody brings it up I went to Tom Petty's last concert I know I'm so fucking jealous of you for having been there like I mean it's it's morbid but it's like fuck like I could have he, he was here in LA like I could have been there he, ha- he had a stroke on or he collapsed at his home in Malibu on like a Wednesday and then died, I believe, on a Thursday, or was it Tuesday and Wednesday? One Tuesday of those. And Wednesday, maybe, yeah. Um, on Monday night, he played the final show of the 50th anniversary tour of the Heartbreakers mm-hmm. uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. And my wife and I went with some of her uh, friends. And that is just trippy to me. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> insane. And we were, we were seated about. I, I do not like the Hollywood Bowl. I like the I, how could you not? I like, like the Hollywood Bowl, Bowl as an idea no, and as a construct great. and as as when we did live on twenty two seventy El Contento Drive, you could hear concerts right from the Hollywood Bowl in the canyon and that was so cool. Um, so I, I love the Hollywood Bowl as a amazing landmark in Los Angeles, but I every time I go to that. Venue, I'm like, oh, I hate it. Bring here. your own beer. It's just like this beautiful outdoor setting. It's amazing. Yeah, but you could go to the other place in Griffith Park, which the Greek? is the Greek, which is half the size and get the same experience. But I heard the sound there. I've, I've actually never seen a show at the Greek. I've just heard oh, so many people tell me the sound so much. The better. sound sucks there is what I keep hearing from everybody. But All you. those people are fucking idiots. Okay. I'm telling you, the Greek's a great venue. And the, the bowl is so big, but so. Apologies we, to all my friends that Dan just called you an idiot. <laughs> but. Um, we were so far away, I, I could not really see Tom Petty. And right. as you know, Bob, you've seen Petty multiple times. No, once. Oh, at, the, right. at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, that's right. In yes. 2008. But he wasn't big on monitors and right, screens right. and pyrotechnics. There wasn't like a big show yeah. to it. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was up close and personal, but I was there. You were there. Uh, so when when the news broke at a subway of all places. I know. We, we got Let's not get into this again. Subway. Let's not do this again. Let's not do this again. If you want to know our stories, go back to the uh, Tom Petty Dive podcast. subway, Bob. But at a subway. I know. Well, he didn't. at least he didn't die at the subway. <laughs> he didn't die at the subway. We found out when we were of, actually a part in of, this A part garage. of you did. Right. Anyway, so check out that. If you do love Tom Petty and you're just uh, discovering our podcast, yes, go check out our retrospective uh, where we remembered Tom Petty uh, yes. in a, a, a stunned state. But uh, yes, this today is the celebration of Full Moon Fever. And uh, that is it, Bob. Yeah. Now. And, well, a couple things. Yeah. At the v- end of every episode, we obviously pick one song to go on our Spotify playlist. But you know, I just want to say, Bob, 
I still can't believe Tom Petty's dead. I know. I don't like it. Like I, I don't like it. Now the man, the man definitely lived a life, and like we said, he's an old hippie, which meant that he did some drugs, did a lot of drugs, did some hard living, traveled a lot, yep. and toured a lot. Uh, but even to this day, he should be here. It's strange. It's not fair that he died. It's not fair. He should have been Willie Nelson. I know. Not that Willie Nelson shouldn't have been here. I'm happy Willie's here, too. Are you going to kill Willie Nelson? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> if I kill Willie Nelson, will Tom Petty come there's, back to life? There's, will only he one way to, there's only one way to find out. You're fucking dead, Willie Nelson. Anyway, Bob, what were you going to say? I was going to say, before we uh, pick our song for the Spotify and Apple playlists, I didn't like saying that. Um, good on you, though. Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy. Uh, we got to thank our Patreonies for keeping us alive again. Everybody who puts in to keep this ship afloat doing things for the podcast that Dan doesn't do people like Benjamin McClelland love that guy well he can go fuck himself for giving us money to keep this thing alive guys like Dave Dave Russell go fuck yourself come on David O. Russell the famed director is (laughs) you know that's good that will actually help the show grow you think it will I don't know if David O. Russell probably not actually no probably not Uh, yeah guys like that that are just Doing doing this for some. No, that is. You're right, Bob. That is incredible uh, that that we have this podcast that is, you know, fairly uh, esoteric in nature. And yet people not only love the show, they support it financially. And that is a very cool thing. So thank you. It's insane. It's also the only time that we could tell a woman like Amanda Kisser to go fuck herself. Well, that's Bob. That's about that. That feel that feel weird. No, that was strong. Thank you, Amanda. Mm, too late. No, I know Amanda. It's okay. Oh, you know her. I know her. Yeah, yeah. All right. You're but she can still right. go fuck herself. Okay, good. For supporting us. But now we get to pick one song that goes on our Spotify playlist. And I want you to do it, Bob. Well, I th- I'll be happy with I whatever I think we you did choose. it. I think it very naturally came as we were talking no, about the song. I think I know where you're going with this. I think we have to do the song that just takes us back to the fun drinking, smoking one, weed. Two, it belongs three, on a playlist. It's just a great song. You're right. This is it, obviously. You're so bad. I like also that it's you're, not you're so yes, bad. Yes, you're. You're so bad. Yeah. Uh, yes, there you go. Perfect choice, Bob. You're so bad, the latest addition to the throwback playlist. So make sure you check that out. It is a great It's a great playlist. Fucking playlist. Follow us on Twitter, at ThrowbackPod. Instagram, at ThrowbackPod. Twitter, at Dan Hanses, to learn about his other podcast that he talks about on his Twitter handle. <laughs> Uh, and what's going on in Gmail, Bob? People are reaching out to you? People are. Somebody asked us for a photo of uh, us as the Spice Girls. Oh, no. Fuck you. But he Go said fuck he, yourself. But he did say he wasn't going to put it on social media. I trust him. I don't know. Do we, I mean, let's circle back to the Go Fuck Yourself thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you've uh, listened to the end of the podcast, you've noticed we're struggling with it. We don't, we don't know about this anymore. You know, that was a very... It was a very real thing that Dan was telling people to go fuck themselves. I think the anger has subsided. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think that especially with Patreon. Yeah. We how, love- how it doesn't feel authentic to be telling people that are spending their hard-earned money to help support this show to yeah. fuck themselves. So we want to we even wanna, in an ironic sense. We want to tell you it. something. We want to tell you something, but we're going to figure out the right thing to do. So you could uh, email us or tweet us what you uh, what you want from us, and we'll do it. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Ooh, good idea, Bob. There you go. You know, let's do one of those polls. How about that? A catchphrase poll, because every time we ask you guys to pick an album, I hate it. Yeah, Dan immediately regrets it Go every fuck time. fuck yourself. Well, come on. Okay, now it's That's real confusing. again. He's angry again. Uh, well, you guys help us choose our sign-off, because we don't have one right now. Yeah, we're in between sign-offs. 
All so right, there you go. That. Tom Petty, we love you. I miss you, Tom. We wish you were the Tooth Fairy. In fact, it's not too late. It's not too late. Come back. <laughs>